0: Hey everyone, this is Paul Siegel, and you're listening to Wandering DMs. Wandering DMs comes to you live every Sunday at 1pm Eastern, and you can catch us on twitch.tv wanderingdms, or youtube.com wanderingdms live. And now, on with the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Wandering DMs. I'm Paul.
1: And I'm Dan. On this week's episode of Wandering DMs, we have a very special guest, Mr. Scott Legault, who is chair of the new Rising Phoenix Game Con in Massachusetts next month. And he's also longtime head of Dark Phoenix Events in the area. Welcome, Scott. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: Well, thank you for having me.
1: Hey, everybody. And we'll be talking to Scott about what it's like to start a brand new uh, game convention in the era of COVID, actually, and a whole lot more today on Wandering DMs.
0: Yeah, before we get into that, I just want to remind everyone that uh, at the end of the show, as always, we will have our after-party chat on our private Discord server. Uh, that's open to patrons only of the site. If you'd like to join us and, uh, and uh, be on that video chat at the end at, uh, at 2 o'clock uh, Eastern today, you can do so by just joining our Patreon. That's at patreon.com slash wanderingdms.
1: That's right. And it's something Paul and I look forward to every week, of course. So, Scott, uh, you have picked a great time to make a new uh fantasy gaming convention in Massachusetts. Uh tell us what tell us what Rising Phoenix is about and what inspired you to start your own con.
2: Oh, well, uh it's been a long time. I've been a gamer. I've been a gamer for uh forty-five or forty-six years now. So um i didn't always want to run a con and um but as a natural progression of things um it came up so uh for the last eight years uh my wife and i have had a company called doc phoenix events where we run events uh at conventions uh for and for people for money and uh we've run events in uh, everywhere from um in the uh, new york city uh up to the wilds of vermont um we do uh all weekend events we've done some camping events um so we've been doing it for a while and um in that time we've recruited like a bunch of people to run games for us um and of like mine who's uh you know who want to run a, a quality game and 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 are really involved in doing an immersive thing for people so the convention kind of came out of that um back in like 2019 um, we had been before COVID, <laughs> um, we were planning our first convention. Uh, and what we had done is uh, a bunch of the people that works, uh, with, with us in Doc Phoenix, we had conjured into starting a convention together and, uh, we were all ready to go and we had spent like a year planning and then, uh, COVID came around and, uh, and said, no. Uh, so we, uh, so we took a year off. Um, we did take an extra year off. We came back last year in 22 um we're uh we're a small convention, and we're probably gonna stay a small convention for a while um we don't i think that there's a certain um comfortableness and and uh um kind of a homey feeling to uh to our convention um we really want everyone to feel like they're welcome and they're part of the group and they're part of a we call it like a tribe um that you come and you're, you're just like seeing family um so Um, We had a great first year. We had uh, 300 attendees last year. Um, We're uh, already past that mark um, with our badge sales. So uh, we're hoping for we're going to have a better second year. Um, We're a fairly immersive event. Um, One of the things, uh, we're kind of like the mix between a Ren Fair and a Game Con. So if you come to our convention, there are a lot of props, and we're making more, and we hope to have even more as time goes on. so we want you to feel like you're at a, at a gaming convention. You're not at a hotel doing some kind of you know show they're doing. Um, we want you to feel like the whole place is involved in in the convention. Um, one of the things I took from that was years ago, I went to Gen Con. And when you go to Gen Con, Indianapolis, the city just rolls out the red carpet. There's signs, there's yeah. posters. there's Everywhere you look, you feel gaming. And uh, we kind of want our hotel to feel like that. So when you walk through the doors, you don't really feel like you're in a hotel You feel like you're in a castle, or you feel like you're in a, maybe there's a dungeon down that corridor. Um, So, uh, and uh, it was pretty successful last year. People seem to like it. So um, that's kind of where it came from. It came from me running, us running games for eight or nine years with 15 other people, and being like, well, what's next, so.
0: Cool. That's that's awesome. The the immersive quality is really fascinating, and I'm I'm very eager to see it myself. Uh, for for our viewers who don't know, I was I was a, a little involved in the early days of trying to get uh, Rising Phoenix going, and uh, missed missed out due to COVID multiple times, including actually catching it myself for your first year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To, uh yeah,
2: you and a couple of <laughs> yeah. other directors
0: yeah. as well. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. so, I'm um, personally really looking forward To showing up this year and seeing it And uh, I'll be yeah. there and I'll be running some games um, tell, tell Scott Give us the just raw details Where is it, when is it uh, How, how sure. do people sign um,
2: it? Um, it is uh, uh, in Milford, Mass um, Right off of 495 uh, Literally you pull off a 495 And you take a right and you're in a parking lot um, It's at the Doubletree um, In Milford uh, April 21st to the 23rd, um, we start, the registration opens at 6.30, um, Friday morning. If you can't get a badge ahead of time, there will be badges for sale at, at the event as well. We do, I will tell everyone that you do, that we do have COVID protocols. So you need to bring your COVID card or a copy of it. Um, and that is, we need to sh- see that you've, you've been vaccinated. Um, we feel uh and we especially after last year we were under even more uh, protocols everybody masked the entire weekend this year um the only reason they'll be masking is if it, if the cdc in massachusetts in the milford area declares a red zone then we will also be masking too as of right now it looks pretty good that we're not masks are not going to be required although um we suggest masks. i mean it is, it, it is what it is. No, uh, we have to deal with it, and we want to make sure everyone uh, stays protected and, you know, in the, the ways that we can, so.
1: That's good to be safe like uh, that. That's good to hear yeah, you know, we
2: had a great first year. Uh, we had, I mean, even though, you know, running games with a mask on is not ideal. I'll be the first one to say it. Like, you get a lot of visual cues across the table. Um, it you, It cuts down on all that little, like, the guy this guy's helping that guy work on his character that's all kind of goes away because you're like can't see people's faces um but it's better than not gaming <laughs> and <laughs> it, it's, it, and it, it's necessary you you know last year we were kind of still in the thick of it um matter of fact paul mentioned he got COVID. so did my wife Petra. so she wasn't there her sister wasn't there Um, so yeah, there was, there was, there was a bunch of people, uh, even attendees that said they got COVID and we refunded their money. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, well, when we first tried to do this in 2020, uh, we were three weeks away and, uh, COVID came right up and whacked us. And we said, all right, well, what's the right thing to do? The right thing to do is to pull the plug. And at that point we refunded everybody the money too. Um, I mean, if you can't come, it's not fair for us to keep your money. <laughs> um so uh I really gotta salute
1: yeah. how you handle that, Scott, because when that when that when I kind of watched from afar you guys organizing rising finance and just put in an enormous amount of effort, I was like, boy, that just couldn't have hit them at a worse time. It would just knocked you out with three weeks to go. And uh so you coming back, I like I think a lesser man would have just been shattered by that. And I I, th- I think a lesser con wouldn't have ever happened. The fact that you have manage to maintain the plans and actually put it on at this time is is actually pretty impressive
2: i really appreciate that um i'll be honest it was hard um and like i said we took the year off and it was hard coming back i had about four or five months of that year that i was like wow i'm just devastated um and it took me a while to get my head back in the, the place to be like hey you know what we had a great thing uh, it can still be a great thing and we, we started again. Um but the, it was it was hard. I'm not gonna say it wasn't. Um but the reward was uh last year when we walked through the door it was and opened the opened the doors and a bunch of people showed up games and everybody seemed to have fun and it was it was people laughing and you know this year we've got some we've got some great new stuff this year. Uh we've got Magic the Gathering this year. We got attorney. Uh we've got the Catan uh national uh qualifier if you win a you win it. There's only four cons in New England that have it. We're one of them now. Um, so if you come and play Catan in the national qualifier, if you win, you get a you get a uh, entrance into the, uh, the nationals at Origins, which is kind of cool. So and you'll get some cool swag from Catan. Um, we got that. We have a sword troop this year. Um, going back to our, our Renaissance ties, we have a sword troop doing uh, shows. Uh, at lunchtime on Saturday for kids and then at night uh supper time they'll be doing uh historical combat reenactments uh for everybody that wants to watch so yeah kind of cool awesome. something's awesome. different um awesome. we also have the Rhode Island pirate players are going to be with us on Saturday um Saturday's going to be garb day historic, uh, renaissance garb day we're going to have a contest uh so you know it it will look like a ren fair on Saturday if you show up so <laughs>
1: I think I saw last year you opened the con with, uh, I, I can't remember who, being brought in on an imperial throne into the into Oh, the no. You know that- what that
2: is? That was uh, my <laughs> wife's birthday a few years ago. oh you okay. probably saw that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my right. wife's 50th birthday, she asked me what she wanted. What, I asked her what she wanted for her birthday. and She told me I want to be treated like the queen that I am. So I arranged a Roman uh, um, um, party for her. And we had fifty people, we had four gladiators carry her in on a on a on a on a chair uh <laughs> to the event. So yeah. So, yeah,
0: we See, the other well, thing Doc Phoenix well, is, versed. well versed in yeah. pageantry over there. <laughs>
2: so, the other thing Doc Phoenix does is Doc Phoenix does um we don't call them lops We call them um murder mysteries. but well, a murder mystery is a LARP for a non- gamer. So um they're pretty much the same. So we've done a lot of murder mysteries and um the the costume uh uh themed events kind of come out of that. We've done murder mysteries that were nineteen twenties, we've done westerns we've done uh steampunk, we've done um seventies disco. Uh so we've we've had a lot of fun with that. This year we're doing Rocky Horror as a murder mystery. So <laughs>
1: nice. yeah, it's you a know, it,
2: theme. I have a, a very, uh, l- uh, colorful life. <laughs> I en- I enjoy what I do. I work hard. I'm at Union Carpenter. Um, and, uh, uh, which is a nurse and, uh, I work, we work hard and, but we enjoy our time with our friends and we've met some amazing people gaming. Um, I have nothing but good things to say about gaming. Uh, all my kids gamed. Uh, it helps with math. It helps with, uh, social skills, a host of team building, there's so many positive things you can say about gaming. Um,
0: you know, that that networking effect that you're talking about, I think is worth pointing out as well. Um, because I know that's something that that uh, Rising Phoenix is known for, uh, whether at your own convention or, or the events you're running at other conventions, is just for having top notch uh, game runners, right? That um, that you've put I know, uh, personally, I would say that you put a lot of effort into kind of surrounding yourself. Oh, with yeah. The best game runners that are available. And, and really, uh, Scott Thank is you. really quite excellent at beating the drum and getting folks, getting all those people to show up and, and run stuff. Yeah,
2: Wrang- wrangling cats, you mean? Uh,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. so, uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, so and you know what? That was a, a conscious thing on myself and my wife's part. When, we, when our kids got older and they moved out of the house, we're like, what are we going to do? And we're like, we had a lot of options. We could do all kinds of things. But we said, let's game but let's find like-minded people who also game and kind of surround ourselves with them. And then from that is what the idea for Doc Phoenix, they said, well, you know, I remember the first, uh, GMs that I kind of recruited was, was David, David Clarkson. So him and his wife sat down at one of my games and they played, uh, you know, a 1920s, a uh, husband and, uh, his wife is mole and you know on his arm and uh they were amazing and i'm like these two are great i said i want them in my you know to become part of our group and uh so they were like the first two i invited in and i was like hey come on have a drink after after the game and i'm like hey you run games (laughs) so you know and that's how it started and we have we have about 15 or 16 gms now that work with us on a regular basis so and this year, unlike last year, so last year at the convention, it was hard because we were down a few people. So we didn't really get a chance to, Doc Phoenix didn't, because a lot of Doc Phoenix folks are on the board, didn't get a chance to run a lot of stuff. But this year, everyone uh, that's a GM for Doc Phoenix is running stuff at our convention. So you'll also get a chance to get in one of the games. So.
1: Cool. Uh, Scott, I got a, a question here from our friend Desperil, uh who's watching at the moment. And okay. uh, disparrow is asking, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to Rising Phoenix uh, yet, but I was looking at possibly going, with that in mind, is there a way to see the games being run without first buying a badge? I think I might know the answer to that, but I'll let you handle that.
2: See the games. I, I, I'll I, be honest, we haven't filmed any um, games being run. Um, oh, you mean to see the list of I think games? I think it means listings. Yeah, um Tabletop events, uh, rising Phoenix GameCon 2023, uh, just look at the list of events. Um, yeah, you can go right on. If you have a tabletop events account, you can go right on and do that. If you don't, I think you can still through our website, uh, get, go to the list. We've also published it on our discussion page. So if you go to a rising Phoenix, uh, game con discussion page on, um, Facebook, uh, there's a link there for the event links. So,
1: you know, and I think a your, your a website polar... address is risingphoenixgamecon.com and they got a link yes. to tabletop events from there. Yes. And we'll we'll
0: certainly have those links in the description of the YouTube video as well, right, Dan? Yeah. yeah they're uh, there right
1: now, uh this barrel, if you if you go check the YouTube description, they're there right now. Cool. Thanks. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. 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 Scott, check out what we have. In? Sorry. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Scott, how did how get you into get it. into this whole scene? What, what came first, the role-playing games or the Ren Faire experiences? Oh, both? Well, that's a good question. Um, I would have
2: to say the role-playing started. I was, uh, so is it, this is actually a good story. I was uh, 12 years old. Uh, both of my brothers are a lot older than me, 10, 10 12 years. And uh, my brother from cr- college called the house and asked to speak to me, which was weird. And he said, hey, do you want to play a game with me? And I'm like, my older brother's calling me to play a game? Yeah, sure. I want to go play a game. So he drove down from college and he picked me up and we drove out to the wilds of Taunton. And uh, we'd show up at this house and there's people dressed as wizards and there's people dressed as knights. And uh, it was him and his friends playing Dungeons and Dragons. He was in college and, you know, he was like in his early 20s and they had a Dungeons and Dragons group and they used to uh, get together and they'd make you know f- appropriate food like rock wings and things like that so i wow. played dungeons and dragons the first time when it was the original box set um that time and uh i was a dwarf i do remember that i remember i died like three times and uh we killed a dragon <laughs> and it was amazing and i was hooked huh? that was it i started playing i went home you know got myself a box and uh i really had never looked back <laughs> um so That's yeah, amazing. the gaming came first. Uh, I've always been a big fan of Ren Fairs. I was actually uh, involved in the Cumberland Monastery uh, Fair when they were there uh, for a year. Um, and uh, I've always been, you know, go to uh, different Ren Fairs around the area, so.
1: Fascinating. Fascinating. Now, is D? Is, so you started with Dungeons and Dragons. Is that, yep. how much do you play that now? Or have you, do you um, mostly focus on other games nowadays?
2: Yeah, so that's the other thing. We're starting with regular Dungeons and Dragons, you know. Um, in the course of forty something years, uh, we've fought mostly everything. Uh, we've, you know, robbed and pilfered almost everything. Um, so I kind of, for a while, I got tired of it. Of a few years ago, I get tired of fantasy. I mean, we also did other stuff. We played Top Secret, and we played Traveler, and we played all the games back then that were that as they came out. In um, but we kind of stuck with fantasy for, for most of these those years. And then I kind of got tired of it. And then I played a game at uh, – it wasn't even Total Con. I think it was Carnage. Uh, it was actually Andre Cooper's game, uh, which was Call of Cthulhu. And I had never played Call of Cthulhu. I didn't even know about it. I said, oh, it's a horror game. I said, what's that? And I sat down in that game, and I learned in that game that you can scare people with gaming i was like oh this is nice i like this um you know if you so i started running i started writing and running my own coc games and every year i write a coc game and then i run it in the concert and i did that for years uh, i have about 10 or 12 games now they've written so uh the other thing i run now that i like to run uh is brass and steel uh unfortunately it's no longer be being um uh Supported by the guys that built it, but uh, I bought it in two thousand and thirteen. I went to Gen con I played in their uh their first game they are doing like a demo, and I came back hooked. It's like a steampunk campy um system a very simple mechanic um I'm a big role player I'm not a dice guy uh, you know I, the mechanics become irrelevant after a while if you've been playing for a long time it's just the the game so um yeah, so I play, I do that because that's funny, and I think if you can make people scared or you can make people laugh, those are the two hottest things to do in a game. And if you did that, you did your job as a DM. And that's kind of how I feel. So,
1: you know, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna p- pull at that thread a little bit because, um, so my my partner Isabel uh, does, a lot, has gotten into a lot of acting in the last year or two, and among the things she gets picked up at, and she's really good at is being the 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 heavy in in a horror film. So she's been in a number at this point she's been in a number of uh short horror oh. films where she is the 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 villain fundamentally. And we got to go we've at this point we've gone to like one or two uh film festivals where that someone was showing something she was in. And I've seen a, like at least one or two round tables of horror movie directors and oh. there's a lot of crossover between horror and comedy. And I've heard more than once saying that the overall trying to hit the pace and the timing is very, very similar between horror and comedy. Yeah. And that's that's, that's not an observation I would have come, I would have ever thought of myself. But I thought yeah. it was very interesting how, how similar people find those two, those two challenges. Frankly, that is
2: very interesting. I I would have never picked up on that either. Um, right. So for, for horror gaming, there's definitely a timing you need to build. You know, attention. Um, you get to certain points, you need to release it. Otherwise, people go, you know, just too far. Um, but yeah, um, there's definitely a lot of um points in in horror games that you have to hit. Um, for to be to be successfully scary, you know. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think now. I'm trying to relate that to you know the campiness of a steampunk game. Um, it's possible. I'd have to really think about it. So, but yeah. Um
1: I think I got a comment from go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, here's a comment from uh from our viewer Adam Dravian, who I think is agreeing with what you're saying right now, Scott. So Adam here is saying, uh, in my experience, making them scared is a lot harder than making the players laugh. The game seems to want to naturally skew towards humor.
2: I would probably agree with that. Because but the thing that I like about both horror and comedy Everyone has different things that trigger them to, to laugh or to be scared. And I think that, I mean, there's some commonalities. For horror, it's isolation. It's darkness. There's a bunch of things that you can use. You know, isolation is a big one in COC games. You know, yeah, you've got a cell phone, and then all of a sudden you have no signal. That's isolation. Um, it makes the world suddenly a lot smaller for the players, uh, and they become much more immersed in what they're doing. Um, for, for comedy, I find that people's senses of humorous can be so varied. Um, the campiness, I think, is, is, I like the campiness part of, of steampunk. You know, you've got these guys running around in these giant metal suits, but they're, they're kind of gimpy. You know, this one that he tries to do something, he has to roll and his suit fails. So the his, his arm gets stuck. I find that to be humorous. Um, I, I made the one group went to, uh, uh to the United States, this is set in the eighteen hundreds to capture a giant desert chicken for the queen's Zoo, uh, but the giant desert chicken is actually a t rex so um <laughs> things like that are funny, awesome. so um excellent.
1: <laughs> excellent, oh man, I like that a lot, actually, <laughs> yeah, <The giant laughs> well, it's, desert it's funny right because it's all. true right yeah mm-hmm. right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. right.
2: train heading through the southwest and you know in the late eighteen hundreds, and there's a you know a couple of T Rexes. <laughs> so, <laughs> did you ever
1: watch the Wild Wild West? Scott? uh the movie or the series? The the series the, the TV series. Yeah, years ago. It, that was pretty yeah, yeah. campy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. We were talking about that on our on our uh, after chat. I think a week or two ago, and i like a couple a couple of younger people didn't know that it was a TV show at one point. Oh they yeah, only knew about yeah. the about the movie. Yeah,
2: the movie. Yeah, no, the TV show was great. There's a lot of great yeah, old TV right? shows back then. Land of the Lost, uh, Land of the Giants, yeah. I'm sorry, was was great um for for information for running games. There's all kinds of crazy stuff in that. You know, they were really small people. Very cool. Cool stuff. Yeah.
1: Totally. What what other what are okay now? I'm interested in your tips for because I think it's something I struggle with doing hard. So you so tips for running actually scary horror games. So you mentioned darkness yeah, and immersion. isolation what else um, do you do and the other thing i do and actually i'm writing i if you come to our convention
2: i'm doing a critical chat on this we have critical chats which are basically you sit around a table with five people for an hour and you talk about something that you know about and i'm going to talk about how to use real life places in gaming to create immersion cuz i write all my games with with a real life place in mind like the are really things that that happened or uh, were Or events that happened, like I have an event based on the Kursk sinking, uh, the Russian sub, back in the late uh, 2013 or so, 14. -hmm. Um, The one went down with all hands and then the Russians wouldn't go get it. Why? You know, so things like that build immersion. There's an island in in, uh, New York called North Brother Island, and it's right off the, you can see it from New York City, and it's out in the harbor, and you can't go there. It's a bird sanctuary. Well, it used to be the Center for Infectious Diseases in New York in the 30s. So there's a story there. Uh, I wrote a game there. So it's, it's a creepy place. Why do they shoo you away? Because it's a bird sanctuary. Is it really a bird sanctuary? or Is it something else? Mm-hmm. So, Great. So, Great. Yeah, so. Great. so, yeah. Yeah, that's you know, kind of what just... I do. I yeah. find places that I think are interesting.
1: Uh, and I write a game around
2: them. So.
1: I think those are good. I, I, I tend not to capitalize on this, but, you know, I actually keep a list of, uh topics like that actually that i run into that would be good potentially a horror story games and it tends not to be what i do myself but you know i'll just pitch one that i found yesterday yeah because sure. on our discord server we've been chatting about certain d d rules and in for what it's worth in the first edition polymorph spell gary gygax had an example of uh polymorphing a mummy into a puppy and so some of us are debating about, like, around was that a good idea to include that? And you know, our friend Josh said it's basically making a pun on, you know, turning all the M's into P's is is what's happening oh. there. Um, and so I was, I went googling that, and you know, they're at, they they actually excavated in Egypt an actual dog um, uh, catacombs. Oh, it is and a apparently. It's a game. And I was, and I was it's a game there. F- yeah. <laughs> yeah. And on nat- <laughs> they've got photos that National Geographic has photos of them excavating the dog catacombs. Yeah. And initially, I was like, "Oh, that seems funny," and I'm going to post that. And they are terrifying. And I'm like, yeah. I can't, I yeah. can't post that because it's really, <laughs> actually." Have really- you ever seen
2: a dog skeleton? They're pretty
1: scary looking to start. So <laughs> yeah, well, there aren't any skeletons left. <coughs> right, <laughs> it's think- worse than that. Yeah. If it was skeletons, I'd be like kind of okay yeah. with it, and it's, it's dried much out
2: kind of husks, right? It's-
1: it's millions. It's wow. a mound of millions of decaying puppy bodies. And I'm like, I'm just wow. that, that's it. Like, yeah, okay, contact it definitely
2: sounds like a story
0: it definitely yeah. sounds like a great I mean, basis for a game. Dan, when, you,
1: when you were first describing it, I don't
0: know if this is true or not, but my initial thought is when you're describing dog catacombs, I'm thinking catacombs there to the size that would be convenient to a dog. So does that mean that oh. they're really that, small yeah. and you got like, to crawl too. through them? Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. You know, I immediately you went to the, wait hounds, the of uh, doggy t- door. hounds of Tindalos. <laughs> tind- you know, maybe that's <laughs> sacrifices to the hounds of Tindalos. So, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, okay. that's fun stuff. Great.
1: Yeah. It's you not like I wanted to sleep that. tonight. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love the idea of stuff based on, on real life. And that's, and, you know, Dan and I have explored this a bit too on Wandering DMs where we've, you know just for like d d mechanics of like uh we have some videos i think here on the channel where dan asks questions like well how big is a 10-foot door right like how <laughs> right yeah. um and 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 we played with things like how fast can you drink a potion right like i, I think <laughs> that's you know, awesome it's um <laughs> yes yeah, it's, it's uh surprisingly hard it depends on the volume <laughs>
1: Paul has a great yeah. video about that. It's so great. <laughs> it, awesome. it's, it's pretty ridiculous.
0: Pretty ridiculous.
1: But I think it helps too for
0: the GM if you've like, especially if you're talking about physical location. If you're basing an adventure on a place you've been, to have been there, right? Then you're just drawing on memory, right. and saying like, "Yeah, let's like even this, it looks just this. like a lot
2: of my games, I'll hand the players a uh, write up on the place and from Wikipedia or from you know online hmm. sources, and that right there, they read about it like, oh my god, this is like a real thing." You know, so that can be really uh, a little just scary for players to start. They're like, "This is really a place. All this weird stuff really happened here."
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, that's nice. Um, so totally, totally. That's kind of.
1: You know, I had a game uh, last week where something happened, and I just happened to have you know read the right uh, pulp fantasy book. Right, that I'd, I'd already read 200 pages about this. And so I find, oh, I can just, I can just riff now, right? It's, it's, now it's, it's super easy, and I look brilliant, um, you know, riffing on something that's a known quantity to me, and I don't literally have to imagine every piece of it all the time. So um, using, using real-world stuff is just such a, great, such a great thing to leverage like that. Is it, and do you so feel like that's easier because up.
0: of
2: you?
1: you yeah, know, yeah, there's right? all this stuff you don't have yeah. to make up. You know yeah, yeah. like you yeah. can go
2: online and download a map of the place <laughs> you know there's and, all this stuff you don't you know, have to look up so makeup on, you know that takes hours and hours and yeah. hours to draw yeah. like buildings and this and that and you can go online and download a map
1: so. yeah yeah and you know on uh like on tv tropes right they have an article on uh real life is unrealistic which is like a whole bunch of like things that actually really happen that people don't believe Right. If you act, if you actually and there's there's things that if you do insert into a short story or a TV show or movie, like people point at it and go, I don't believe that that's unrealistic when it's actually something from real life. So there's been a number of times when I just like pull things out of history at my game and go, well, the culture does this or here's how we deal with holidays or something like that. And the players are like, that's crazy talk. How did Dan ever come up with that? Like and they have to write it down because it's so mind boggling. They're not going to remember or something like that. I'm like. Okay, I didn't actually make that up. <laughs> that's just <laughs> restating stuff from history, but okay, I'll take the credit for it.
2: <laughs> no, that's great. That's
0: great. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna with, bring uh, us
1: back to uh, right,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm gonna bring us back to the to the to the convention here that we're, that we're here to talk okay, about. Uh, <laughs> good stuff though. Um yeah, yeah. Can, um, so,
2: I, I'm more so, than willing to talk to anybody there too if you have questions about all any of this. Come see me at the convention. I'll talk to you for a half an hour. Awesome. Um, That's great. I'm the concierge. I can I can get away with it so <laughs>
0: um so definitely like our our background a lot of stuff that we like to to play together is is largely uh role-playing games that that's kind of what we're talking about i know scott you mentioned some other stuff like the Catan tournament i'm getting yep. kind of curious like what other kinds of stuff can folks expect at the convention sure um we have
2: yeah. a full board game library we actually have total cons board game library and we're actually building our own so we have uh We've had a bunch of vendors um, that I wrote to. I wrote to like 100 vendors, and we received a bunch of games from people. So we're starting our own game library. So we've got some new games. Um, I'm not a, really a boy gamer. Uh, I've played a few. As a matter of fact, uh, I played with Paul at the last con we were at. Uh, we played uh, Return to Dark Tower. Is that what it's called? Or Dark yeah, Tower? Yeah. Uh, what a great – I had a blast. I had a blast. Um, a so uh, I do suggest if you, you've never played that, try playing it. It's fun. Um, but I don't know a whole lot of board games, but we do have people who do. Um vo- one of our volunteers this year is uh Rob Kircher from TotalCon. He's the board game uh director for TotalCon. He's gonna be at our con. Um so he knows as well. he knows more about board games than I'll ever know, and he's probably forgotten more than I know. So um we'll have a full full line of board games. There's also a bunch of board games uh that are slated to be run you can check that out uh on this on the TTE page um we have everything from Dune to um Azul we've uh got, uh there's there's tons of them there's train games there's uh all kinds of stuff so yeah come come and check out our board games awesome
1: I think at
0: Total you, mentioned, Con, I- you mentioned the go ahead, Paul. Sorry, you mentioned the critical chat. So I just want to, I'd love a little yeah. more, little more, can you guys give us a little more info on what the critical sure. chats are? So are you, are you I don't think anybody's doing as it as well. Or,
2: yes, you know. we do. We have a full line of panels. We have a panel room, um, and we've got a divert. So I want to make one comment. We have a, we're big, uh, our convention really wants to be uh, a welcoming place for everyone. And I really mean that when I say everyone. Yeah, I am an old white guy. I am not the guy who knows. What to say all the time but the people that do are coming um we've got the gamers are going to be with us uh, out of boston uh they will be there uh we have an entire diversity panel um that's going to be with us uh we want to make this a place where everyone feels comfortable no matter who you are uh who you want to be um i wrote where is it this is important um here it is i wrote this a while back and this is kind of sums up my feelings on diversity and gaming and if you can be anything you want to be in a game why can't you be what you are and i really believe that you can come to our our convention and be what you are uh and we will welcome you and um and we'd be very glad for you to come and game with us um and i really really mean that from the bottom of my heart and all of us do um that's really our tenant. Uh, that we want to be a welcoming place for everybody so uh i just wanted to say that so because that's important to us um right and um what else you asked me something else i apologize yeah
0: yeah i was asking I about off, the um
2: engine there so yeah.
0: <laughs> i was asking about the difference between the panels and and the critical chats. okay
2: so the panels are, are a big group of people generally our panel has two or three people on the panel uh maybe more uh, i think our diversity panel has four or five uh, and then the, the room is a bunch of people, like 20 or 30 people sitting in the room listening and asking questions after, you know, at certain points. Um, the critical chats came out of the old German coffee clauses, which are where you would sit around talking about a book, like a book club. And so we came up, I came up with this idea from that to be like, so why can't we talk about something gaming related in a small group and see how it goes? I mean... Maybe they'll be successful. Maybe they won't. We'll find out. We've got 10 this year. Uh, and I've picked like a, but like Alan Hammack who's coming, he's a big guest this year. Alan's going to do one on how to change CR ratings on the fly, which is very specific. Uh, but Mm. I'm sure there's a lot of information in there for other people who don't use CR ratings about how you adjust your monsters to different size groups. So if there's a problem as you know, up or lower them, if the people are, Kicking everything and destroying all your creatures right away. Maybe you need to go up a little bit, or if you know it's been devastating on the power on the on the party in the first room, maybe you go down a little bit. So, um, but Alan's also good to talk about all kinds of stuff because he's a guy that was there at the beginning. So Alan, anybody that doesn't know Alan Hammack, he was with TSR in the beginning, um, and he wrote the uh, a-, a series, uh, in particular A3, which is one of the most successful modules ever written. Uh, and he'll be there. And if you have the copy of that module, bring it, and he'll sign it for you. So um,
1: that, that's yeah. interesting because, as, as I think you might know, Scott, I've been running the A series uh, one out the other at our at our personal house con, and the, yes. the com- wow. I'm going to be running the culminating one this like yeah. next weekend, actually.
2: So yeah. come to the uh, con I'll and bring it. your copy, and I'll sign it for you um great he's awesome great. i played in a game i, I played in a three and i we all played two characters because it's a big there's a lot of players in that game and there were, we didn't have a lot of players and um one of my characters died heroically well sort of he felt it was he felt it was heroic uh and alan i have this character sheet still here that alan signed <laughs> 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 that i died in his game so and I, and maybe a little fanboy of me but uh he's he's a great human being and he's very very humble uh, he doesn't really get the
0: fact that you know like all these people want to talk to him, uh, but
2: he's cool well,
0: I think it's I just a it's a very fascinating idea, not one I've seen at other conventions to do these kind of smaller more intimate setting talks uh, I, think yep, that's very I don't cool. think and anybody else when you're is doing about a special guest like that
2: I don't think anybody else is doing it. um like I said, the one of the vendors mentioned about having the coffee Klaus kind of thing, and I'm like,, Man, what do we do with that with gaming and that's what it came from. So we're going to see how it goes. And if it goes well, next year, we'll have a lot more. And uh, like I said, we're running them at at lunchtime and supper time, So GM's can actually get in them since they're not running games at those times. So Mm -hmm. and they're only an hour and you get you'll get a drink and and cookies or a snack with it, too. It comes with something to munch on. So
1: nice. Yeah, cool. I got it. You know, I'll just throw out one little one little uh, nugget. Uh, from that A3 module by Alan Hammack that you just mentioned, Scott. I was on uh, Stack Exchange, I think, world building, I think, a couple weeks back, actually. And some, you know, excited young person said, here's an idea. Would it be possible to take a Frankenstein's monster and bolt armor on the outside of it and to protect it? Would that possibly work? Could I do that in my fantasy world? And, you know, some people looked at the physics idea. and biology of that right and my and my response was Alan Hammock did that in nineteen eighty one in the a three module and there's there's even an illustration of the module of of course in d and d it's a it's a flush golem right is your Frankenstein's yes. monster, and Alan totally did that at to the start the very the first room of the dungeon he does that in an attempt to trick the players into <clears by throat> thinking that it's an unbeatable iron golem and i believe uh-huh. I believe Paul confronted that last year. <laughs> Uh, and I you know, uh, was like, it's, it, it's been done. It's been successfully done over 40 years ago, sir.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I had a DM uh, years ago who would take pieces of trolls and put them in armor, and then they would grow into it. And uh, they'd be really unhappy because it was always really tight. <laughs> so you have <laughs> like some really upset trolls in armor. So, yeah. So, yeah. Nice. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> nice. Nice. <funny. laughs> and he's actually going to Scott- be at the convention. That's great.
1: That's great. <laughs> Jay J. McCure. So. That's great. Scott, when you started your organized play with uh Dark Phoenix Events uh, years ago, did you expect it to grow as much as it has? Was was that um, your initial instinct was like I'm going to grow it to be like a a team of 20 DMs on no, an ongoing basis?
2: No, uh, not at first. Um We want so Doc Phoenix has been amazing. Um, I, I never quit my day job. Right? So um, it hasn't been something that's been... I am very rich in the people that I have met from that. Um, I am not any richer uh, in my wallet. Um, <laughs> and no, nor, nor are we from the con. So I would tell anybody right away, uh, if you're going to run a con, don't do it thinking you're going to make money. <laughs> um you're gonna do it because it's it, it's a it's a labor of love um it really is um and if you break even or make a little bit great for you um but we're that's not the reason we do the con either um we love it we really do we we love getting together and and having a community of people that that comes together in games i just find it to be amazingly fun and uh it's you know it's like a dream from. Being a kid like what do you do oh I own I have a gaming convention like really you know how, <laughs> um so it's pretty cool um it's a huge amount of work much more than I thought too. getting into it um it has <laughs> been uh, yeah if you look you can't see because there's a towel there's the, the that's a this is a beach towel by the way that you can get on our <laughs> website uh, but it's blocking off the fact that the room behind me, my library, is literally full to the ceiling with boxes and stuff that's getting ready for the con in a month. So, um, yeah, it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Um, it, it, is, it, is it in many ways its own reward, though? Going to the convention last year after everything we did and seeing the people and the looks on their faces and and the responses that we got from people were, was the reward i really mean that so that's
1: awesome that's awesome but i'm not yeah i mean it's it's
0: it's, so. <laughs> it's it's interesting because we i think we've had some guests in the past dan that are or at least one uh professional gm right? and right we've, we've seen this kind of yeah. growing and people love to run, write news, news articles about like the the rise of the professional gm yeah. Um, and they exist for sure, but I don't. I yeah, don't think do. any one of them would tell you that they're you know that they're living large off of their right. They're they've maybe yeah. found a way yeah. to work the numbers yeah. such that they can live. Right, right. but it is it right. is definitely gaming, uh gaming yeah, like general, like a labor of love.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah. Gaming in general, even small publishers, like you know, I'm good friends with Jeff Tulanian, and I give him an amazing amount of credit that he does that for a living now, because I know how hard it is i couldn't do this for a living i don't make a percentage a small percentage of what i make my regular job he must work he works so so hard if anybody doesn't know who jeff is jeff does astonishing swordsman of hyperborea um check it out it's an amazing game um but yeah so uh i have so much kudos to him because he does he does it makes a living at it you know
1: it's hard it's it's, it's hard. very impressive they, they really gotta yeah. hustle for that and our our oh. viewer disperral is pointing out you know the people it, it, with with larger with larger cons you know if one dedicates their entire life to it maybe it becomes a little bit more reasonable and disperral is talking about Connecticon, con um but um uh few and far between right
2: oh yeah yeah um the con itself is a reward i i, I look at it that way and you know i'll yeah. do it as long as i can And then you know maybe my kids will do it (laughs) so we'll see
1: so and you know i think you know paul and i have agreed many many times that we enjoy the smaller cons more the 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 family feeling like you were talking about scott the 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 manageability of the scale just generally makes us feel happier than we do at a giant one where we get lost like a gen con um and i nowadays i see those i see those pictures of people streaming in a gen con and like this giant mass. like i would not want to be anywhere around that frankly
2: i've been there i went twice so um i think everyone should at one if you're a gamer you're a hardcore gamer you should go to gen con you should see it um it's not for everybody though there's if you have any kind of like social anxiety issues it's a tough place to be um so and a lot of gamers yeah. too. That's another thing we should talk about so a little bit. Right. Like social anxiety. I know a lot of people who are amazing GMs and they sit down with a people a group of people and run an amazing game. But and th- but on the other side, they they have anxiety about being with people and that they pay a cost for that. Um, you know, so I know there's a lot of gamers are uh, are somewhere in that group that don't like to hang around with people uh, you know. Um so we're respectful of that um And you know, like I said, if you come to our convention and you have some kind of social anxiety issues, let us know. We'll take you someplace where you can relax for a while. You know,
1: so. that's great to be aware of that. I totally, I totally hear that. And there's there's many people that are really really into gaming and find the idea of going to a convention challenging. And you know what? I'm not that's, I'm not entirely not that person, frankly. Um, yeah. So that's that's I'm actually like, like <laughs> here. Yeah. which is how I could yeah. do this.
2: Uh, but we yeah. have other people who are in our group. Who have anxiety and I'm I'm very very conscious of the fact that they need some time down. So, you know.
0: Yeah. I've seen that like, at, like- at the last the last time I think I went to um Origins, they had like devoted mm-hmm. a room to be like the quiet yeah. room where if you just yeah. if you're overwhelmed and you need a quiet yeah. space to go to. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Game Hole hey. Con had a place too. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. Switch is a great con. And a good size con, five thousand people. Uh, but I'll be honest I went this year I did not at, at any time feel overwhelmed with people it's a, it's a pretty big space to start uh it's in the Alleg- allegiance energy center um it's a big big uh like convention center kind of building um but I didn't feel overwhelmed at any point uh, with the just the amount of people around it always seemed like there were less people there so maybe that's a good thing
1: so i i mean i feel for me i feel like a couple thousand is do a couple thousand still feels fine and once yep. it gets up into five digits then it starts to get wonky for me
2: yeah 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 like i said uh, gen con's cool um but it's overwhelming and then you realize that you know like the area that you're in is like 10 of those areas <laughs> so you know this it just keeps going so there's all kinds of different buildings yeah it's, and, cer- you know, it's all, certainly all the hotel-
0: so certainly about density. I know that uh Dan and I have yeah. some videos here of the of the time we went to uh Pax Unplugged, which is also okay. tens yep. of thousands yep. of people and, and, and some of the space we were just agog at the enormity of the space. I thought, holy right. cow, the space is huge. But then of course, you know, you fill it with tens of thousands of people and there you go.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't think I ever want to be that god. <laughs> <laughs> no, i really mean it i mean you know yeah a yeah. lot of people spy. oh the bigger we get the more money we make yeah but there's a whole another set of issues <laughs> so yeah. um so um yeah we're happy you know if you come to my convention for a couple of years i'll know your name
1: I think when we were yeah. talking, you know, in the in the I guess the last episode, actually, when we were talking to Lou Gygax, right, he was like saying well, about Gary Khan, which is which is happening right now. As a matter of fact, I think they're wrapping yeah. up today. So, you know, yep. hello fun fun. to anybody tuning in from Gary Khan. Hope you had a good time. Um, and he said, I'm going to really make more of a priority that for purse for me to be gaming with my friends this year. Um and he's he you know he's still at a level where he can do that whereas you know if you were had a giant con that would just have to be your life just being executive producer of the yep. thing so it's interesting right. that he's got it at a level where he can still you know get some enjoyment out of actually personally gaming yeah
2: yeah I'm actually running a game this year I didn't run anything last year because we were short people I'm um, actually running uh it's an interesting game it's called um, Teddy Knights. Where you play the teddy bear defender of a young human against the things from the underbed, uh, and it's designed for kids. So um, uh, the game is based for kids, and uh, it's a fun, fun thing. I went out and I bought all kinds of little type stuff. I have like a ship and uh, and buildings, and and we I set up like a whole diorama on the table for them. So and it's it's great to see kids be like excited about it. You can and if you bring a stuffed animal, you can play that stuffed animal, so which is kind of cool.
0: it's 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 great to hear that the uh production values uh scott are pretty much universally high across the board for you whether you're talking about the games that you're running for a small group of people or a couple hundred people coming to a to a game convention sounds like yeah i I, always expect high production value from scott
2: i uh i really really you know want people to go away going hey that was fun and a good time so yeah that's awesome
1: that's great (laughs) <laughs> really fantastic let me get one one other question and when you guys again i was thinking about your, your organized play when you as with dark uh, <clears throat> phoenix were most of your events and, and you still do that right i mean people could contact dark we phoenix do, and have you guys although
2: COVID, covid really kind of hurt us um okay. we went oh well it's been three years now that we really haven't done anything except okay. a couple of the big events we do um we haven't really done any private stuff in years now just because you know you go to someone's house and run a game under COVID. so
1: so uh, that that's good uh, uh i i hope that i hope that recovers or i hope that the 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 rising phoenix con fills that gap so when you had events and you had so many dms running stuff were you running what was every dm writing their own thing or were you no. centrally writing something or were you using pre-published adventures mostly?
2: Uh, we did some pre-published stuff. Um, I think it was kind of up to the GM. It was also up to the system the person wanted to run. Like okay. say you're, you're going to have a birthday party and you're like, I really love DCC. Well, you're not going to get me. Well, you could get me, but I'm not a DCC DM. I know how to play it. Like I've, I'm, a, I'm a good second GM for DCC. But I'll send you like David Clarkson because David Clarkson like he's one of those guys he like lives and breathes DCC. He loves it, and um, I'd send him to your house um, because he would give you a really fun game. Um, I me and him did a, a game, a DCC game, where we ran two tables of pirates competing for the same kind of thing uh, at at a, at a uh, in Vermont at someone's house for their birthday, and that was a blast. We had an awesome time. So. Um, but yeah, so, uh, we also do, one of the things we came out of doc Phoenix was we do multiple table stuff. So we'll write a game for five tables or a game oh. for four tables. Um, and then a lot of those we've used for extra life, uh, to generate funds for extra life just last year at total Time, we raised, I wasn't involved in this one. It was uh, three other GMs. Um, they raised $700 for extra life, which is great. You know? Uh, but we've done some five table games. Uh, we, that's those are fun. It's fun, uh, and when you all hit your your, your time marks together, that's a, that's a pretty good thing. And that's hard because when you're running a five table game and you're all r- running gr- five groups through the same thing and they're going to end up in the same place, you need to hit the marks together. Like this time, like there's three rooms you're going into. So you need to get through the first room around the same time and through the second. And then by the time you get to the, the boss at the end, they all have to be right around the same time getting to that third room. And that's that's been an acquired thing that we've learned. That's hard to do. When we first started doing it, we were not good at it. And then as time went on, we figured out how to do it. And uh, now, like we did this mummy game at TotalCon and there were five tables and we hit all the marks within like, two or three minutes of each other and then we ran right into the big baddie without one team having to wait you know like oh heal up we all kind of just went right into it so it was cool
1: and then and then the the engagement is that all five tables are actually in the same encounter all together
2: yes against not against each other though Uh uh Oh, they could be uh yeah we have had times (laughs) when they have done things to each other so um one of the wow. things we do with extra life if you have different tables all running the same event you can uh through extra life you can buy you know healing potions for your guys you can buy uh, a bad guy to go against the you know, another table uh, which is pretty funny to see you know if you you get like like guys that that know each other well on opposite tables and they keep throwing things at each other uh and extra life makes some makes some money so and it's it's a fun <laughs> thing so yeah, we've been doing that house wow.
1: great, great yeah. Do the players know that that's going to happen or is it a surprise at the end when they, when they
2: um, no they kind of know that that they're working <laughs> against each other you know we've done uh what we do we did a uh uh thundercats one where everybody was thundercats that was kind of fun we had all the thundercat <laughs> characters and then they the, the best one from each group ends up in the fight in the team in the in the end um we've done uh we did a coc one where you were all different groups um going onto to an island from different directions, and you had a walkie talkie and the d m from another table would pick up the walkie talkie and say, "You hear screaming <laughs> 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 so it was it was oh, like you hear gunfire um and it was that was went really, really well, and then at the end of that one, we almost had like a lop style ending when everyone came together and it was like a show, so yeah, that was cool wow,
1: great, fantastic, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, we spend a lot of time
2: writing games. Like uh, your average game for like a multiple table game, it
0: takes us a couple months to write. So,
1: yeah, yeah, I can believe that. Interesting, very interesting.
0: Hmm. Well, guys, we are we are just about out of time here, so I just wanted to uh, yeah give give any any uh, last thoughts here. Scott, is there anything about the convention that we haven't covered that you want to make sure that folks know about?
2: sure um the badges are still on sale you can still get a badge until april 7th i believe and then they'll be available at the door uh, price is a little bit higher at the door so you're going to come get your badge now uh you can send your COVID card in to us ahead of time so you don't have to worry about that when you get there um uh family friendly uh come enjoy uh, it's a nice area there's all kinds of stuff to do in the area if uh, you've got people in your family that don't game um there's a bunch of stores and shops and things like that there. Um, and it's right off the highway in Milford. Um, and hopefully, we'll have a great weather weekend. It'd be great to see you all and meet, meet new people. And uh, don't be shy. Come and say hi. Thank you all. And thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. This was fun. Um, we'll have to talk yeah. some more, Dan, about um, game immersion. So I think that'd be fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, that definitely. We should, we should have Scott back on again and talk, talk more about that, actually.
2: Awesome! You saw saw one of my kittens. So, all
1: right, you guys have a good night.
2: Thank you, everybody, for listening. See you at the con.
0: Uh, so, folks, folks, before uh, before we lose you, Scott, uh, just uh, anybody who has got, uh, if you check out the description of the YouTube video, you'll find the links. Uh, I believe we have links both to the Rising Phoenix uh, site as well as directly to the tabletop events. If you want to go ahead and get your badge right now, it's there um And uh, if you have any questions, anything we didn't cover, uh, please leave us a comment there in the uh, YouTube comments. Uh, we'll be happy to address them.
1: Yeah, and uh, before we all go wrangle our respective cats, uh, remember that uh, you can like, follow, and subscribe to us, the Wandering DMs. We are on YouTube and Twitch and Twitter and FaceHub and GitHub and TikTok, and we have the handle Wandering DMs on all those sites. So look for us there, and you'll uh, get updates. on uh, Next time we have Scott and other great guests on. If you prefer to listen to our show
0: in audio-only podcast format, uh, you can do so. Those uh, files are available on our website, wanderingdams.com. You can also find us on various podcast sites such as uh, iTunes and Google Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher. If you're listening to this show right now on one of those sites and you have the ability to do so, please leave us, uh, rate us, rate the show, review the show there. That helps uh, other users of that site find us, and we really appreciate it.
1: Uh, we really do. And just one more minute before we before we let Scott go here today, uh, we got to thank our patrons who support the show here. And if you'd like to join them, please visit patreon.com/wanderingdams, and you'll see our different tiers. You'll get in our after live after chat that we have um, right after every show, and we'll be there in about ten minutes. Uh, look for our upcoming stuff. You know, we have other events that we are planning on our Discord server that's coming up. Thursday night, I'll be back with more uh, D&D Wargaming with Book of War, and Dan Cullen will be back. Uh, now, in addition to Rising Phoenix Game Con, uh, this is a uh, convention-heavy season for Wandering DMs. So in addition to Total Con and Gary Con and Rising Phoenix Game Con, uh, we also have our uh, independent House Con next weekend, actually. So we will be at Helicon next weekend. We will not be on. Uh, we'll have a sh- our next show will be Sunday, April 9th. In two weeks, where we'll be reporting on what uh, me and Paul and Scott and all of our close friends uh, do at HelgaCon. Uh, so we'll be on again in uh, two weeks from now. So look for us then. Uh, Scott, thank you so much for t- making time on Sunday and spending time talking gaming and, and conventions with us today. We really uh, appreciate I'm it.
2: Glad you invited me. I am happy to be here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, guys, it's always good to talk to you.
1: Often have a great con. So we are live Sundays at one p.m. Eastern time. So please please join us again in two weeks for another thought-provoking discussion.
0: We'll see you then. Bye,
1: everybody.